Life's complicated and overwhelming enough, especially for those in mission-driven work. Let's make the journey to health as simple and sustainable as possible. Welcome to the Simply Health Coaching Podcast, where it's about the food and more than the food. It's about individual health and the health of organizations. I'm Lisa Baker, and my vision is a world in which individuals and organizations can be well while doing good. My mission is to give these organizations and individuals the programs, resources, and practices to get there. On this podcast, we'll talk about the food we put in our mouths and everything else that nourishes us or doesn't, with special attention to the opportunities to get healthy for those burning out in mission-driven work. Season one focused mostly on the food we put in our mouths and a few other parts of our lives that can affect our relationship with food. Season two focused on conversations with women experiencing burnout in mission-driven work, conventional and alternative practitioners who support them, and others whose lives intersect with them and their organizations. Please visit the podcast homepage to check out previous episodes. Season three will be a mix of solo episodes and interviews with guests, all focused on finding our way out of burnout and back to health after more than 18 months of the pandemic. Let's get started. This episode is brought to you by my Stewarding Emotional Eating group coaching program. Has it been one of those days, weeks, months, years? You've eaten your way through an entire sleeve of cookies, a whole sharing size bag of chips, and what's left of the birthday cake in the fridge. You're still craving something, and nothing in the house appeals to you. Yep, you know what, your emotions are affecting your eating habits and choices. Have you tried beating, conquering, managing, tackling, controlling your emotional eating? How's that working for you? Maybe stewarding your emotional eating is a better approach because stewarding means the mindful and responsible care of something entrusted to you. And your emotional eating is your body sending you a message that she wants you to take better care of her. Ready to learn how to do that? Join me for a two-month exploration of what makes us eat emotionally and how we can shift that behavior. The next cohort of the Stewarding Emotional Eating Program runs from November 1st through January 14th. Yep, we run across all the holidays because they can be especially hard and it's a great time to have support. There are two levels you can engage at. Nibbler, which is a basic virtual group program with group calls, online modules, office hours, and an online chat thread. Or VIP, which stands for Voraciously Invested Person. The same group program with a whole lot more one-on-one -on -one accountability and support from me, plus a few fun and practical bonuses. Remember, my mission is to make health coaching affordable to everybody. I offer no fee, no interest payment plans that fit your budget and discounts if you prefer to pay up front. Ready to steward your emotional eating? Details at isgood slash emotional eating. That's is.gd slash emotional eating or follow the link in the show notes. Welcome back to our series on stewarding emotional eating. In our last episode, we took a look at what emotional eating is and how it can show up for us and why I prefer to use the word steward rather than beat, tackle, manage, control, etc when talking about emotional eating. If you missed that first episode, go back and start there. This one's gonna make a lot more sense if you begin at the beginning. The link is in the show notes. 
This week, we're going to take a look at our triggers. And I want to be really clear. We know we eat when we're happy, sad, mad, scared, etc. if we eat emotionally. And these are not the triggers I'm talking about. Rather, when I say trigger, I mean what made us feel those emotions in the first place. Normally, these are external situations and cues. So let's take a look at a few of them. The factors that lead us to eat emotionally are, naturally, emotions. Although some of us certainly eat or overeat when we are happy, the emotions that can drive us to eat or to control what we eat are usually what we consider negative emotions. There are two really simple acronyms that I offer clients when they're trying to identify what emotion they're feeling as they're reaching for food or denying themselves food. And those acronyms are, first of all, HALT. So you, kind of appropriate, isn't it? You're reaching for food and you halt. You ask yourself, are you hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? The second one gets into a little more detail and it's BLAST, B-L-A-A-S-T. Are you bored, lonely, angry, anxious, stressed, or tired? We're going to dive into those emotions in the next episode, but for now, just know that all of these emotions normally arise from our triggers, which can be internal or external, and most often are external. So let's take a look at them a little more closely. First of all, location. Certain places can affect how much and what we eat. And like smells, they're often tied to memories. For example, do you tend to eat more at your parents' house than you do at your own home? How about on the couch, in front of the TV, or at the dinner table? In a restaurant or at home? It's amazing when you start thinking about places that you eat, how much those places can affect how much we eat and what we eat. Secondly, time. Are you, quote unquote, hungry because it's breakfast or lunch or dinner time? Do you eat on a schedule? rather than because you're physically hungry, like we talked about in the previous episode. Do you tend to eat more at dinner than at breakfast or at lunch instead of dinner? Do you eat what I call preventatively because you know you get hangry, a combination of hungry and angry experienced by those who really let their blood sugar drop a little too low? By the way, new word alert, I recently heard about another new emotion, pangry. <laughs> angry because of what the pandemic is doing to us. And I love that. That is definitely emotion that's happening for a lot of us right now, pangry. So time, right? How is time affecting how much and what you're eating? The next trigger is sleep, as in lack of. Have you ever noticed that you eat more, especially more refined carbs, after a poor night's sleep? If you start tracking your sleep with relation to what you eat the next day and how much you eat the next day, it's pretty fascinating. Another trigger, other people. Do you find yourself eating out of obligation? Oh, you know, mom made this for me. It would be really rude not to eat it. Or how about due to peer pressure? Everyone else is getting a burger. I was going to have a salad, but I really don't want to stand out, right? I don't want to draw attention to the fact that I'm trying to eat healthy. And of course, the other way people trigger us is, you know, they make us angry or they really upset us or they make us sad. So that's the way people can trigger us. 
Another trigger can be cultural messaging. So things like, ooh, it's the holidays, it's time to splurge. Or we're eating at a fancy restaurant and we're kind of expected to have all the courses. Or that famous quote, in our culture, we celebrate with food. It's kind of like guilt, right? Every culture seems to claim that, like that's their own thing. It seems like every culture claims that, right? Both the, the, uh, the ownership of, oh yeah, we, we really love our guilt versus, uh, <laughs> versus like what culture doesn't say that they, they are really invested in guilt. Um, but the other, the other part that a lot of cultures claim is that in our culture, we celebrate with food. Another trigger, preceding events, situations. Did you just have an uncomfortable conversation at work? Were you relieved to have survived a presentation you had to do? Did your teenager just have a meltdown? Did you just narrowly avoid an accident? All of these are situations where we might feel strong emotions coming up. So just like in... Um, the previous episode where I said, you know, learn how to play scientist. This stage of stewarding emotional eating also has a role play. And in this one, I call it play journalist. So that list of triggers is most certainly incomplete. You may well come up with more and there are no wrong answers. We're all unique, right? It's bio-individual. What triggers you may not trigger me and vice versa. So if identifying the kind of hunger you're feeling is like playing scientist, identify the triggers you're encountering is all about playing journalist. What do I mean by that? If you ever took part in the um, high school newspaper, <laughs> you probably remember being taught that what a good journalist does is ask the questions, who, what, when, where, why, and how, right? So when... I work with clients on emotional eating issues. I call this part of our journey playing journalist. We learn to step back and observe what is triggering us as we head to the kitchen or the pantry. Again, nothing else is required at this stage. You can still go ahead and eat what you were going to eat. Um, and yet for some clients, noticing that they're being triggered and therefore eating emotionally is enough to help them stop eating emotionally. They can cycle out at this stage. <laughs> Lucky for them, right? If that's not you, don't worry about it. We got a couple more role plays to go. So in the next few days, think about number one, playing scientist. Don't forget to notice, are you eating for physical hunger reasons or emotional hunger reasons? And then if you've identified that it's an emotional reason, play journalist. What is triggering you? All right. So two things to do over the next few days, play scientist and play journalist. Um, the moment you recognize you're eating due, due to emotional hunger, uh, try to identify what your triggers are. Who, what, when, where, why, how are you triggered? And then stay tuned for the next episode, which is going to be coming up soon. And in that episode, we're going to continue our discussion of how to steward our emotional eating by actually identifying the emotions and playing toddler. Not going to lie, this is often the role my clients relish the most. <laughs> so if you haven't done so yet, subscribe to the podcast so you can automatically get notified when the next episode drops. And I will see you soon. Thanks for listening. Please note that any suggestions provided on this show are not meant to replace medical advice, and the opinions of the guests on this show are their own. 
Simply Health Coaching and Elizabeth A. Baker, LLC, neither endorse nor take responsibility for statements made by guests. Let me know your thoughts about the episode and share your biggest takeaways and aha moments. And let me know who else you want to hear from on the topic of being well while doing good. You can send me a voice message directly through Anchor, as well as some of the other listening platforms. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe the podcast in your listening app so you never missed an episode. Love the podcast? You can support it with a donation directly from the podcast homepage in most listening apps. If you're interested in advertising on the podcast, send me an email or voice message. And if you'd like to know more about my work, please visit my website at simplyhealthcoaching.com. As always, the links are in the show notes.